You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. This episode of the Sportsman's Nation is brought to you by Outdoor Edge and their complete lineup of replaceable blade knives, fixed blade knives, and game processing kits. Now we've all been there before trying to field dress your wild game with a dull knife. This is where Outdoor Edge really steps in. With the razor safe system, you can have a brand new razor sharp blade with just the push of a button. No more dull blades and no more problems processing your wild game. To check out all of the products from Outdoor Edge, visit OutdoorEdge.com. And at checkout, enter the discount code NATION30. That's N-A-T-I-O-N-3-0 for 30% off of your purchase. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Honey Deer Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Johnson. And today... We have a straight-up BS session. I had two guys bail on me this week, and so I pretty much held my Nine Finger Chronicles guest hostage and uh, had him on for a 30-plus-minute BS session about hunting gear and equipment. We talk about um, products that we are brand loyal to. We talk about products that we are not brand loyal to. We talk about uh, how we choose our bows. We talk about uh, camo. We talk about, uh, let's see, new purchases that we've made, uh, purchases that we need to make before the upcoming hunting season. So it's a good old-fashioned BS session, but it all revolves around hunting gear and equipment. And uh, I'm going to keep this uh, commercial segment short so you guys don't have to listen to that. But I do want to say, send a shout-out to... Uh, the Average Conservationist, uh, theaverageconservationist.com. Please go out and check out their apparel line. I want to send a shout out to Lone Wolf Portable Tree Stands. Please go out and uh, check out lonewolfhuntinggear.com. And uh, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, lonewolfhuntinggear.com. Uh, check that out. And then uh, also check out huntstand.com as far as uh, the, the app that they, the, you know, the hunting app. It's a pretty popular app. Go check it out. Um, and uh, sorry for the shitty audio quality in this intro. It gets better in the actual podcast. But I'm going to keep this intro short. Hopefully you guys enjoy. Be sure to subscribe to the Hunting Gear Podcast. Have a great weekend. And uh, let's kick it off with uh, a great episode. Enjoy. Three, two, one. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Hunting Gear Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Johnson, and today we're in for just a a regular good old-fashioned BS session, and we're going to be talking with Sean Polk. Sean is an East Coaster out there in Virginia. Sean, how we doing, man? Good. How's it going, man? It's going good. Going good. So uh, I don't want to say it may feel like you were the third choice for today's podcast because I had two people back out in the last minute today to record this. I got you on the phone for a Nine Finger Chronicles podcast and I was like, all right, do you have 30, do you have 30 more minutes you could waste with me to talk about hunting gear and equipment? And you said, yes. So man, I really appreciate this. Oh, no problem. Anytime I can talk about 
hunting or hunting gear or anything related to hunting with anybody i I enjoy it so yeah no problem at all yeah absolutely so let me ask you this as a consumer right we all you know like guys like me uh full disclosure right I, i have my opinions on hunting gear and equipment i get paid to promote hunting gear and equipment um i'm in which makes me sound like a douchebag. I'm in the industry <laughs> in some way, shape, or form, right? But uh, I make my living off of selling advertising space, and then I promote brands through that. From the outside, kind of looking in as a, a end user, a consumer, more than likely, I take it you got to pay full price for all your stuff. You know, you probably pay attention to discount codes when they're available, but. Um, like you're not in the industry, right? No, no, nope. nope. So from the outside looking in, like when it comes to hunting gear, like what are your thoughts on the hunting industry, hunting gear and equipment, how maybe how it's marketed, how you make your decisions, all, all that kind of mumbo jumbo. So, I mean, I, I follow a lot of stuff on social media. So I see, you know, a lot of the, different companies pushing things and different people in, in, in the industry, what they're using. So, you know, sometimes that might be what catches your eye or how you first hear about a company or a product. Um, but I'll still, still do my research on it. And I might, some things I might not get on board with right away. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to hunting gear, I, like, I, I don't really have other hobbies other than hunting. So, yeah. I, I spend, I spend plenty of money on hunting gear. I don't, I'm, I'm from the perspective where I'd rather like buy something good, high quality, even if it's expensive, take care of it. And then it lasts me forever. And I'm not having to buy a new one two years later. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you. I'm, uh, I'm kind of in that same boat, right? Like I like to, I, I feel that quality, uh, ref, uh, price reflects quality for the most part. I would say that's true probably 90, 90% of the time. But there are some other, you know, things that are just expensive because of the the name of the brand, right? And, like, you, f- you find out the hard way. You find out the hard way that, a pro- you know, just because it's the brand and you, you spend your money on it, it's uh, it doesn't perform like it probably should based on the price that you've paid for it. So... When it comes to, you know, you mentioned you, you're the guy who, you know, you, you don't have any other hobbies. You spend a lot of money on hunting gear and equipment. Are you the kind of guy who has, likes to have the latest and greatest, you know, the new versions of everything? Or are you the kind of guy who is like, hey, man, if, it's, if it works and it's 10 years old, it works? So, I'm kind of both. Yeah. Um, certain things, you know, if, if it works, like, some of my guns, like I've had some of the same guns forever and I don't feel the need to upgrade, um, bows lately. I've been use it for two years and then I kind of upgrade to whatever the new newest one is out at the time. Um, it's a little bit of both depends on, depends on the situation. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, give me an example. You've already, you've already mentioned obviously guns and I, I think, uh, probably a majority of people would, uh, you know, I guess if, if you're a gun nut, the more guns, the better, but when it comes to hunting gear and equipment, you know, a gun is something that it's probably a, a bigger purchase. You're going to keep it for a longer period of time before you trade it in or, or upgrade. But what about, a, um, give me an example of, a 
of a product line or a category that you you like to switch it up more often? Um, I mean, I guess tree stands, I mean, I've maybe not switched it up, but I've added different ones to my arsenal. Yeah. Um, you know, I've got, I've got a ton of, uh, well, not a ton. I mean, I've got like six lone wolves. Um, and then two years ago, I ended up buying one of the, uh, lone wolf custom gear, uh, 1.0. So that's like my, I use that from like my mobile setup. Um, and then last week I actually just ordered a Novix and some sticks from them. Um, so I guess, you know, if something new comes out that I feel is an improvement from what I have, I would pick up another one, but I would just add it to the ones that I have. I mean, I feel like tree stands, you can never have too many. Yeah, that's a fact. I agree on that. Um, when it comes to those specific purchases, right? Novex, uh, Lone Wolf Custom Gear, Lone Wolf, you know, they're in a way they're all kind of the same, right? If you break, you, you break it down, those, those three tree stands are very similar to each other. Um, but why, yep. why did you go with those specific stands? So the ones I had for, I mean, I had the lone wolf stands for years now and they were just always like good quality stands. They were quiet. Um, you know, they were light, easy to hang. Um, so I, I like that. Like they, they had enough room where I was comfortable. They weren't creaking in the, you know, creaking when I was moving around the platform, if I was going to stand up or the seats were quiet. Um, I just had good luck with them. And then I know they're all the other ones that like you said are real similar. So I just, if it wasn't broke, I didn't really want to fix it. You know, they've lasted forever. Yeah. So I didn't, I'd rather spend the money on a good stand that I know is going to last forever versus buying, you know, three for three cheap ones for the same price that are, you know, going to rust out or creak when you, you know, when the a big buck comes through at the moment of truth. Yeah. Yeah, man, I've definitely been <laughs> like, I, I can remember one of the first, and, and at the time I thought it, I thought it was a big buck, but you know, it was only because it was the first time I had an encounter that close with a deer. And I had these, uh, I don't know, they probably don't have these where you're from, but, uh, at farm King, I bought these metal ladder stands for 65 bucks a pop. And I think I bought like three of them with like some summer. Uh, I was like, uh, I think I was uh, doing concrete work that summer and I got a, a overtime paycheck and I went and I bought three ladder stands with that. And you know, they're yeah. like 10 footers, right? Six, 60, just like, think about it. $65 for a, uh, uh, hang or uh, a climb climbing tree stand or not not a climber but a ladder stand is what they were yeah no like they were just loud uh you know obviously you can't be mobile with them but that's back before i was mobile and here comes this like 130 class coming up and my cam bumps the side of it and oh. i i didn't i back then i wasn't using tree you know tree hangers i i would put the bow on my lap and just wait with an arrow knock to just wait yep. and uh I don't know. It, it, you look back at that now, and then you look at all the different available tree stands that are on the market today, and it's it's just comical. Yeah, my my brother in law, he's uh, you know the the farm that we got now. Um, he's gonna be hunting hunting it with us, and 
he's been a ladder stand guy and never he's never hunted out of a hang on before and he, he texted me this morning saying he just bought his first hang on i was like dude you're you're never going to go back once you get in a good hang on and bow hunt out of that versus getting in a freaking ladder stand that's like you said like 10 foot off the ground yeah you know it's it makes a big difference absolutely 100 percent. all right so so tree stands um you know you went you went there as far as the quietness the ability to you know be mobile and and easy to set up and easy what about um let's let me just ask you this question when it comes to a bow like everybody bows are so hard to get general consensus from because everybody disagrees and everybody agrees and everybody um, has different preferences and, and uh, that kind of thing. So specifically when you are going to pick out a bow, you know, however, however long, whether it's every year, whether it's two years, three years, however you're going to do it, what, uh, what's that process look like for you? Are you brand loyal? That kind of stuff. So <laughs> it's funny you say that. So yeah, I've I've only shot Matthews aside from like a youth PSE that I had like when I was twelve, um, and I've always liked them. So I never felt the need to really switch. Plus, I'm I'm left-handed, so they don't you know most places don't usually carry a much of a selection, if any, of left-handed bows to right. go in and and test out. So I've really only had Matthews my whole life, and I've, I'm kind of like I've only had four trucks, and I've always stuck with them just because I liked them, never found a need to, to switch. So that's kind of how I've been with the bows. I mean, I've never saw a need to switch. I know a lot of the other bows guys rave about, and I'm sure they're all awesome, and I don't have anything, any reason why I didn't go to them. I just never saw a reason to go away from Matthews from my experience. Yeah. I'll say this, man. I, I never used to be a fan of Matthews bows. I don't know what it is about that. Like a lot of it for me was the draw cycle. I don't think I was a big fan of the, of their draw cycle, but this year, this year there, I think of all the bows, I dude, I shot a ton of bows. Like I went to multiple different bow shops this summer and spring, shot a lot of them. Um, you know, shot the new PSC, uh, shot the new Primes, shot the new Hoyt, shot the new Matthews, uh, Elites, um, Botex, uh, you know, like the Solution and the Solution SS, so like a, just the variety of all, a whole bunch of different ones. And Matthews, which typically scores really low for me, and it's obviously this score is my score, right? And it's nobody else's. It's just what I like in a bow. Scored third, which kind of blew me out of the water. I like because I typically don't like Matthews bows, and it scored third this year. And so they've done something with this new model that um, the the longer axle to axle one, which I think is what thirty is it thirty or thirty one? Um, I think it's I think thirty. This year it was. 30 I yeah think. 30 I think last year was the 31 and a, 31 and a half I think yeah because I had the I had the VXR which was last year's and I believe it's 31 and a half yeah so um and I've found out that my accuracy is better with longer axle to axle so somewhere in that 31 32 inch range and um and then second which was another big surprise for me was actually the new bow from PSC. I don't, I don't have the information in front of me, and I, I forgot what the name of it was. 
but it was an it was an awesome bow and the only reason i didn't go with that bow this year was because it it felt like it just wanted to it was ripping out of my hand like it was pulling against me so hard it just like it wanted to go and you know pses are known for that but man their draw cycle was smooth their um their hand shock was minimal right very low and i ended up you know um i ended up going with the the Bowtech solution not the ss but the solution they have the that had the longer axle to axle and uh that's the one that felt the best for me this year and uh that's the one i ended up getting and um i can remember my first ever bow that i bought with my own money back in 2006 i think it was 2005 or 2006 yeah 2006 was a uh bowtech tribute and do the and before that, it was like old garage sale bows. So there was a huge jump in the technology from the bow that I had to the bow that I shot. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was, uh, but anyway, but that's not coming until September. All the bow manufacturers are behind in getting stuff, oh, man. getting stuff out. So I don't, I, there, I think I got like three more weeks until I'm going to get my bow, which I'm, I'm shooting, I'm shooting Damn. my old bow right now just to keep the muscle memory, but that's going to be button right up against the september hunts that i'm going to be doing so if i don't get it in enough time i'm not going to try to teach myself to shoot a new bow in like a week time frame just to shoot the new bow i'm going to stick with what i have and then the gap between my september hunt and my october hunt is one when i'll start getting the other bow ready yeah that that's bad timing right there yeah that sucks but yeah last year i got that new matthews and it was took forever to come in because you know, like I said, being left-handed, they didn't have anything in stock. Yeah. And I think I ordered it and it took a couple, couple months to come in. Yeah. So would you consider yourself, you, you buy Matthews every year. Would you consider yourself brand loyal or do you still give other brands and bows a try before you buy your, your new Matthews? No, I've been I've been brand loyal. Like yeah. if I, when I've decided I was gonna get a new one, I mean, like I said, they don't have them for me to even shoot. So I just go to my bow shop, and order me up what I want, and yeah. when it comes in, I go get it. Gotcha. Well, fair enough. Um, any other products that you are brand loyal to? Um camo i've switched around lately the last last couple of years i made the switch to sitka and i really like that yeah. even though it is pricey and all the all the memes and everything that go around <laughs> the internet that love to love to shit on sitka i laugh at all of them by yeah. the way yeah. i think a lot of them are hilarious yeah but i i really thought i couldn't bring myself to you know the, seeing the price on that back you know a handful of years ago and and I didn't, wasn't a big fan of the pattern. I thought it looked stupid. And then I, once I got my hands and actually got it, got to feel it and see the quality and kind of did a little reading on the, the science behind the pattern, I, I kind of switched over to that. And it's been really good quality and kept me warm and quiet. And I've really liked that the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah. I'll say a brand that I'm loyal to is Ripcord Arrowrests. Um, you know, I've known, I, I, I knew the owners before they sold to uh, pure archery group, but dude, 
I have literally, this is no joke, beat the shit out of that rest, whether you're dragging it through, uh, you know, timber, something gets caught on it, you know, it, uh, there's mud on it, you know, from crossing a creek or something like that. Uh, it, it gets wet and it freezes, uh, you know, you just, it's constantly taking it in and out, in and out. And that, that rest for some reason, man, I've had the same, the, the bow, let's see, I, I think I had like in the past 13 years, I've had two rests and that's it. And one for like oh, wow. the first, the one before the one I have on now for like 10 years. So that, that arrow rest has basically convinced me it's the only thing I need. And I'll, I will continue to use that until, and, and it's, you know, when something works good for you, you know, like a Matthews bow, you mentioned you're not even looking for anything else. Like I don't even look at rests anymore. I just say, dude, whenever I get a new bow or I'm, I'm going to take the old one off, I'm going to put it on the new bow. Or if for some reason I, I, I pass that bow on to somebody else, like a, a stepbrother or a buddy who wants to get into bow hunting, I just give them that, give them that to bow let, or let them borrow the bow. Or if I sell it, I, I just keep the rest on it. I buy the same exact rest or a version of that rest from ripcord. And I don't know what it is, man. It's just, it's, you know, like, like we always say, it's a product that we have confidence in. Yeah. I mean, certain things, if it works, like why, why use something different? Like talking about rest, like I've done, I've had a shoot basically ever since I've gone to a drop away rest, I've, I've had QAD myself and I really like, they've worked good. I've never had any problems. And then as far as sites, same thing. I've had a HHA on every bow since I've gone to like a movable one pin single pin. And those have been bulletproof for me. So I haven't felt the need. I haven't used the same one for all those years, but I've gone back to that brand every time I get a new bow and they've worked for me for years. So I haven't seen a reason to, try anything different yeah i was a i was i was a fan of the multi-pin site and i had on that like the technology is what really interested me and it was the um uh, the react site or the react sites from trophy ridge i think it's trophy ridge right yeah trophy ridge that where you set the 20 yard pin and then you adjust the 30-yard pin. And as you're adjusting the 30-yard pin, the 40, 50, and 60 all automatically go into place. And, okay. And it is – the technology behind it is awesome. But both I, – I bought one, and I, I don't know if I over-tightened it or if I dropped it. It was aluminum. I think it's made out of aluminum. And the, the ring that connects to, I guess, the shaft that you screw onto your bow cracked. So I bought a new one. That was after a year. And, uh, and then the second one did the same exact thing. And I was like, man, that is just two times in a row. I love the technology. I love that you can do this. It makes setting up easy. But the durability for what I require isn't there. So I had to, I had to switch to a different, uh, um, you know, I was thinking about switching to a one pin anyway. And that's when I went to the HHA Kingpin, the one, uh, yep. the one pin adjustable site. And, uh, you know, setup on that is just a little bit harder, right? You got to go, you got to shoot at 20 and then work your way back to 60 and then do the math and find the tape to put on this, on the, 
the swivel or the circle and do all that stuff. But after that, it's it's been game on with that HHA, and it's it's a piece of equipment that I beat the shit out of, and it works every time. Yeah, and I'm I'm like like you, like I I'm pretty hard on my stuff. I mean, I try to take care of it and be be careful, but I mean it it gets knocked around and beat up. But the HHA sites, I've never had any issues with them. Um, I mean, the experiences I've had with them and their customer service, they've been great. Anytime I've ordered anything or whatnot from them, so. I just keep going back. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm not asking you to shit on a brand per se, but is there a product or, or that you've purchased recently or maybe in the last five years that you bought and you're just completely unhappy with it and you're like, are you kidding me? Like, I paid this for it and it broke or it's, you know, just sitting in a pile somewhere or it ripped or whatever? Um... I don't know. I'm trying to think. I mean, I I, st- I still use all Moultrie cameras, but I've had some piece of shit Moultries yeah. over the years too. Um, it's kind of like they're like, especially when it comes to the cell cams now. I mean, I've just been easier to keep them all on, you know, all Moultrie one since I already had a bunch of them. But yeah. I've had some that kind of been pieces of shit over the last couple years but the funny thing is i've had one that's the very first one that i've ever bought back in probably like 09 or 2010 maybe and that that one still works perfect yeah some of the newer ones i've got gotten some lemons in there yeah and that's when you're when you're talking about electronics man it it can be tough you know especially for the manufacturer it's like why isn't this working you know i I just spent over a hundred bucks or whatever uh trail camera cost or piece of electronics that you take out into the mud, the rain, you know, all that stuff. I had a squirrel recently chew, chew through the top of one of my trail cameras. Now this isn't the manufacturer's fault, but what I'm getting at is if, if uh, a manufacturer doesn't cover all its bases uh, when it comes to their process of manufacturing or, you know, or their quality control or whatever, but a squirrel chewed through the top of my trail camera and rain got it. I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> I saw that picture on, on Instagram. <laughs> right. And uh, so it, the whole inside of it was wet. Now that's not the manufacturer's fault, but it, that, that kind of stuff sucks. Like, you know, a tree stand, when it gets wet, it's not going to malfunction, but electronics, you know, that's, that's a, that's a tough one for sure. So, yeah, I mean, they've, They've, I mean, I don't know. I've, I've always, like I said, it's another one I guess I've been brand loyal to for the most part. Yeah. I've had, I got a couple of the uh, Lone Wolf Custom Gear cameras. Um, I use them. I think I got three of them. But other than that, all my other ones are Moultrie just because that's what I've always used and just kind of stuck to it. Yeah. But I know there's a lot of other, other brands out there that a lot of people really, really like. I just haven't brought myself to, uh, you know, switch over and try them yet. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that's why I I guess one of the reasons I like using uh Exodus trail cameras is I'm a I'm just a huge fan of being able to turn on a trail camera and having it work. That's it. All I wanted to do is take pictures. I'm not looking for the highest quality imagery. I'm not looking for like Exodus offers all those things, but I'm not like for me 
as far as how how trail cameras fit into my hunting strategy i just need a picture of shooter deer i don't need it to be fancy or anything like that and i don't need it you know all this other crap to have to happen in order for the camera to work and in the past i've had some brands that it's just like oh did you do this i'm like no (laughs) i put the i put the trail (laughs) camera in it or the, the sd card in it i you know messed with my settings i turned it on and walked away and it still didn't work so what's up well did you do this no like where does it say i need to do that at right so i'm just a huge fan of uh, as far as trail cameras are concerned put the sd card format it do what you got to do and just be able to walk away from it knowing because i don't know about you but there is nothing that pisses me off more than letting a trail camera soak for about what a month two months going back and there's not one freaking picture on it dude i'm I'm an asshole the rest of the day (laughs) rest of the day on something (laughs) like that yeah or you you either forgot to turn it on i've done that before i had to turn around and drive back 40 minutes oh shit! yes like i i use a lot of cell cams now because i i put them up in connecticut and i'm back down here in virginia so i can keep track of what's going on without being there but um you know i've had times where you're you know, you're trying to make sure it's set up and getting the right angle and you might not realize it till later and then you're kicking yourself in the ass because you didn't set it up the right way or, you know, did something wrong. I mean, the, e- the ones that are easy to set up make it a lot, make make it easier for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, for the most part, every everything that I buy has performed up to what it's designed to perform. You know, I've had... Uh, I'm trying to think of what it was. It was a Glendale, the Glendale Buck Target. That it, that's a piece of shit. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry, but um, I used it for two days, and every arrow I shot into it, the whole thing would just crumble and fall apart. So you have to, after about two arrows, you got to go set it back up, and to the point where I was trying to screw in, screw things into it, and have to glue it down or do things like that, and it would still like over time just fall apart, and like for a target. Dude, like, I don't want to have to, my, my job with a target isn't assembling it every single time I want to shoot a different arrow. That pissed me off, and uh, I just threw it away. I just took it to the dump after it sat under my deck for two years. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've never used the, never used the Glendale, but I know it's one of the bigger brands. I would think yeah. it would be better than that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, any other products like uh, that you're really impressed with or excited about or uh, um, or unhappy with or anything like that or or uh, that I don't know you're you're looking to pick up before the season starts? Um, huh. I'm trying to take it easy on the picking up product, right? right <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I, I had to pick up some some. Uh, food plot equipment this year so i'm trying to trying to go easy on the uh other other pickups um those sound expensive when you say food plot products like what are you talking about tractors no god no oh okay stuff that we could do with the stuff we could do with the four-wheeler i gotcha um but i mean i got one of those uh ordered one of those i mean they're still not cheap but like a packer max yeah um cult packer got one of those and a little like pull behind disc and stuff like that yeah um I'm trying to think I'll, while you're I thinking really i'll get anything new this year while you're thinking 
I'm going to say this. I, the, I just recently made two purchases. One was a Sawyer water filter for my Western hunts. Um, basically, you put water into these pouches, you screw it into a filter, and then you squeeze the water through the out of the pouch through the filter into a different container. Um, and that's supposed to make uh, fil- you know filtering your water much better and easier and faster. I had an I think it was called an MSR water filter last year in October it was hot as balls and I'm trying to filter water and as I'm doing it the seal blew out of it and so I couldn't filter water I oh, had God. I had to use pills uh I, chlorine pills or whatever they are and so I'm drinking muddy water there's no bacteria in it because it's dead but it muddy chlorine tasting water and it sucked for like a whole day I had to that's what I had to had to use and uh, that really sucked. But then, um, the next thing I bought was a black diamond headlamp and uh, it's badass. And so like, I've always thought of a headlamp as something that you should, you know, eh, you don't need the latest and greatest, just something to skimp on. But then this past December, I was two and a half miles out and I stayed later out in the back country than I thought I was gonna. But, and so about a mile a half, mile and a half of that walk was in the pitch black dark, um, basically just using a fence line for a, uh, you know, just keeping that within six feet of me. So I, that's where I had to walk and that sucks without light. So I wanted to upgrade and get like a really good head headlamp this year. And, uh, hopefully it performs like I expect it to. Yeah. Talking about the, the headlamp, that's. I've seen those black diamonds and I know a lot of people like them. I've been just been running the, uh, Oh, it's a Cabela's. I mean, it's got like the, the green light on it, which I like because going in and setting up in the dark, it's not super bright. Um, but it's, it's an older, older headlamp and it's got like a battery pack on the back. So it's kind of like, kind of like, I mean, it's as bulky as a headlamp can be, you know? Um, and, I cracked like the the little tabs that snap to close the battery pack shut that got cracked. So it's like taped shut. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like if I have extra batteries in my pack, but if I ever needed them, I don't have the tape. I, I don't usually <laughs> carry tape. So I'd be like, okay, well I can put the batteries in, but I can't keep it closed. So I right. kind of be up shit's Creek there. So that's I, the, ex- that's the exact same that. thing that happened to, uh, to me this past year. That's why I bought a new headlamp is because the, the clip, busted in cold temps and the battery pack the uh it wouldn't stay shut so i don't know so i i ended up having to buy a new one and this is what i bought yeah and that, talking about that i probably should do the same thing invest in a uh a good because i know those black diamonds they're nice and small and compact yeah in comparison comparison to what i have um probably just need to bite the bullet on that yeah um the other other thing that one thing I did upgrade this year, not anything major, but um, I don't even remember the brand that makes it, but I bought it from. You ever heard of Wild Edge? They make uh, the the like, steps with a rope, right? You, yeah, you cinch them down and yeah. then you use the pressure. Yeah, those are awesome, man. So, yeah, I've had this had the steps before, but what I bought from them was um, it's a it's this really lightweight rope that I got with uh, just for like a tether for 
my um when i'm like mobile hunting in for like a linesman rope because i basically last year i used to just use like the I think it was from um hunter safety systems like the rope that they have and it's it's not i mean it's not heavy but it's it's a bulkier rope and this is like a nice thin lightweight rope and i would uh always have that in my pack and i would never want to break it out and until I'd get to the top and I freaking was climbing up. I wasn't smart using it as a uh, lineman's rope when I was climbing up my stand last year. And I actually fell from my top stick and broke my arm. So oh, shit. that was a bummer last year. Yeah. You gotta be set. You gotta be more careful than that, buddy. I know. I know. I, going up and down, I, I would never use a lineman's rope. I would just tie in when I would get to the top before yeah. I step on the platform. And the the stick was setting on a like a knob in the tree and i thought it was set set good and when i got to the top of the that stick the bottom kicked out and i just ate it damn and right yeah right in the middle of the rut with a broken arm it was that was a bummer that sucks man but so i bought i bought two of those ropes and they, they they're i forget the, the there's some company that makes them but they they sell them and they're like super compact i mean you could roll them up and put them in like a regular pocket of like your jeans so i got two one for like a lineman's rope and then one to tie off to the tree as a tether once i get to the top yeah yeah well hey man uh thanks for uh bsing with me on, on the podcast today again this is the second one you've recorded today so uh, i appreciate it thanks for uh talking gear with me and good luck this upcoming season man yeah no problem man thanks you too i know you got uh some trips come up here quick so hopefully you you have a good uh good luck out west this year 